Welcome to Burning Daylight, the only podcast for the working cowboy. Well, howdy there, Daylight Burners. Welcome back. We got a, got a good Sunday evening conversation. Uh, everybody on the listens to it on the main feed. We'll be hearing it Wednesday morning. But if you'd like to skip all that nonsense and just go right to the source, we're also live for the Patreon subscribers. So um, patreon.com slash burning daylight um, for all, all you peasants that don't, that don't pay me money. Um, anyways, uh, got a good episode lined up here tonight. I think it's going to be fun. We're going to do a kind of a, a swap cast, I think is what they call them or some, something like that. Um, and um, nature. Yeah. And it, it works pretty good because Cowboys like to like to trade and swap and whatnot. But anyway, I got Justin Stafford from the, the punchy hunter uh, podcast and <clears throat> I've heard your name out there quite a bit and I gotta, I gotta be a hundred percent honest. I haven't listened to your, your show yet. Um, but don't, that's not because, uh, I don't want to, it's, uh, I've got, I've got a whole bunch of others and I, so I, I, there's only so much time in the day, but it is on the list and I will, uh, I'll definitely get to it. But anyway, I've heard good things about it and, um, and I'm glad to finally sit down with you. I know, uh, Tuffy has mentioned you several times and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I think it was, it's good. I always like to. I always like to talk to everybody else that does these things too and see how, how they're getting along and what the reaction is from, uh, from the audience and how, you know, how if it's grown, if it's not. And, uh, and I don't know, it just, it's kind of cool. Cause if, uh, there's times where you feel like, is this all a waste of time? You don't, you don't hear anything like you have a bad day and, and uh, you're watching your analytics and, uh, the numbers go down and you're just like, huh. Wonder if I uh, wonder if I'm just not interesting anymore, and then I'll, the next thing you know, you get a get a big surge. But it's uh, or, or somebody will send you a message, uh, and uh, I don't know. So it's it's kind of weird, but um, I always as I'm always curious to see how uh, how other guys uh, how how that works for them. Yeah, um, man, it, you you nailed it right on the head. That's that's even that's especially starting out like i mean i've only got like 16 episodes out i think Mm -hmm. man you get a great big spike like right when you first put an episode out you know you'll get you know pretty much everybody who follows likes all that good stuff listen to it and then nada until Mm -hmm. you put episode out and it's just like damn all right well i mean these hundred people think i must be doing something pretty funny pretty interesting but really nobody nobody else yeah no that that is exactly what it is it is ups and downs for sure yeah i um you know and it's it's weird we were we were talking beforehand um so i've been at it since 2019 and 2019 was the internet was a little different place. Like you could like, I was really getting some traction. Uh, and then the, the election happened and, and all the, all the, the censorship and bullshit that, and it's fucking stupid, man. I, I used to like regularly have like 30 people watching live on Facebook. And, uh, and now like, I'll never have anybody like maybe I'll have one person watching live on Facebook. I'll get like 10 views on a, on a live stream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, 
It's terrible. I've got 20,000 followers, almost, I think almost 21. I don't, it's so bad that I don't even go to, to my, like when I go to Facebook, I just go to my personal page anymore because right. Like there, there's nothing new on Facebook because are on, on the burning daylight page. Cause it just, it's been throttled so hard. There's like, ah, it, it, <laughs> it's just a wasted investment at that point. But it's, uh, <clears throat> no, it's, it's weird. It like, you know, and I put out episodes, uh, you know, regularly enough that I, I, I'm pretty, pretty regular traffic, but then you get those big days and you're like, holy shit, there, there's a lot of people that listen today. And then yeah. uh, I, I just switched to a different platform. So then it like, it shows you like individual users and you know, like all the analytics stuff is, is pretty fascinating. It also kind of makes you wonder like, if I, if I can see where, where my listeners are from, like, I can't even imagine what, what Facebook can tell you about individual people. And, uh, yeah, that is, that's so true right there. I mean, if this thinking free app, you know, Spotify with podcasters will mm -hmm. tell me, you know, age groups that are listening to my podcast, like, God, yeah, I can't even imagine what Facebook knows about you. Yeah. it It's crazy. Uh, but you know, it, it's all, um, it's all, a. Uh, give and take you know um i think thomas soul i don't know if you know who he is he's a he's a black economist and he he's a really a brilliant guy but it one of his his famous quotes and it's uh <laughs> it, it's so simple that you know that's that's a good thing about like really intelligent people if they can just boil it down to a simple statement but he's like there there are no solutions there's only trade-offs and uh if you if you do something this way you know, it, it's, um, it's taken away from something else. Like there, there's, there is no, you know, solution to anything. There's just trade-offs between this and that. And, uh, with like Spotify, I've, uh, I've kind of, and I've, I've followed this very closely because like that censorship thing was really, really out of hand for a while. <laughs> I mean, I, I had two strikes on my face, on my YouTube account and, um, which I didn't, I wasn't making any money off of it. Still not. Um, it's pretty hard to make money on that YouTube, isn't it? It, it, it really is particularly, I mean, unless you just like stay clear of any controversial topics. I mean, like <laughs> it's so it's, it's tough, but anyway, like they, but between that and YouTube, I mean, and Facebook, like it, it's, it's got hard to, to try to get your name out there. I mean, it, because when it was still just kind of unregulated and you could just, you know, if people shared stuff, it, you know, it'd take off and every, every now and then you'd have something go kind of semi-viral and you're like, well, shit, oh, well, yeah. that, that gets me another like couple 300 downloads, <laughs> maybe new yeah. new listeners out of it. And now you just don't, I don't know. I don't get that anymore. Cause I'm, I'm so, so throttled down. It, it's, uh, it's, it's weird, but I don't know. It's, it's also, it also showed me like how like close knit the cowboy world is too. Like you're, you're never more than like two degrees of separation from really anybody in the cowboy world. No, no. I, and, never. and two's kind of pushing it. Like usually you're just like one degree away from somebody that yeah. you want to meet. Yep. And I, I do have to say that's been a really neat thing about starting this uh, 
podcast and getting to be on Tuffy's and, and now coming on yours. Um, dude, it really opens up a lot of doors to meet a lot more of the cowboy mm-hmm. community. And, and yeah, it's, it's amazing how, like you said, you're, you're usually only one, two degree tops off of each yeah. other. You know, it's, yeah, it's cool. It, I think it's cool as shit. Um, yeah. It's, it's neat. It's uh, really neat. And, um, I don't know. I, we're probably boring people with podcast talk, but I, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty pretty interesting, and it and it's cool to see other guys like you, like you and Tuffy, and and uh, and so there's been several other guys uh, over the you know past couple of years that have tried their hand at it, and and really you just got to keep at it. Um, if people listen, then it's you know it can't be that bad if if the, you know if you still have people yeah. listening. So absolutely. And and I started it honestly more for me more than anybody else. I've been um it was honestly probably about twenty nineteen when I kind of started to think that I wanted to start one. Me and this kid named Cody Mintiela were spending a lot of time together. We were the only two cowboys on a pretty big outfit, and so we just spent a lot of time together. Man, I thought we were funny as shit. I always told him, I was like, We ought to just start a podcast. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. people would find us funnier and shit, man. So, uh, when I heard Brett Davis, uh, I'm real good buddies with Brett go on Tuffy's, I got a hold of him and I was like, Hey man, you should, uh, you should ask that kid how he started his podcast. I want to start one. And next thing I know, I'm getting a Canadian phone call and <laughs> <laughs> I answer it and it's Tuffy. And he's like, Oh, Hey, Brett Davis said you wanted to start a podcast. You know, I learned from this guy, Matt McKinley. He's a freaking awesome guy. And, this is how we do it. So if y'all just fire it up, I'll come on your very first episode. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Well, uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. No, Tuffy, he's Canadian as shit, ain't he? Oh, dude. <laughs> Fucking A, man. I love, I love that, that guy. Oh he's, man. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. I'm wearing his, I'm wearing his, uh, his quarters up here, but, uh, no, I, I I like the shit out of Tuffy, and he's he's uh he keeps plugging along at it, and he's uh yeah um like I I don't know what his numbers are, but I I know he's been he's been growing pretty pretty decent, and that, that's cool. I like to see it. He's uh he worked he works pretty hard at it, and he does, it's uh he does. once you get into it, you realize like they're like if you want to make it good, and and, and kind of make a, a go of it, you gotta you kind of gotta do a lot of work to it and it's uh i don't know it, it's not it's easy to get started but once you're in it then you're like holy shit i don't know anything oh yeah the the first 10 episodes were a breeze they were, they yeah. were a breeze man you know i sat here i drank beer called up some buddies of mine was like hey i'm gonna send you a link to this app just make an account and let's fucking boogie <laughs> and then the last five episodes, it's been like, wow, I am not very technologically savvy at all. Oh um, shit, dude! Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I got to go back and try to like restore a whole bunch of old episodes because like every, I, I'm, I've, yeah, I we're we're getting in way into the weeds for <laughs> for the normal <laughs> listeners. Let's talk some let's talk some cowboy shit and some hunting. So you're, you're all right. Uh, where where are you out of? So I currently live in Chino Valley, Arizona, which is okay. uh, eight miles okay. north of Prescott. Yeah, um, about an hour and a half north of Phoenix. So that that's pretty high country up in there, isn't it? 
Um, if I remember right, we're sitting at about 4,900 feet in elevation. Mm. Okay. Um, so you're right about where I'm at. Um, yep. uh, elevation wise. I think we're, I think the pass to get out of the valleys, uh, 5,800. And I think it's like, it's 48, 49 here on in the, in the valley. Oh yeah. You bet. Oh, and it's kind of the same way here. You could, you could jump a thousand, fifteen hundred foot in elevation real, real fast, just a couple miles out of town. Um, yeah. that's kind of what I, what I like about this area, to be honest with you. Um, fuck, man, I can't live in the flat country anymore. And I'm from the flat country. Um, where, whereabouts are you from? Uh, so I grew up bouncing back and forth, uh, between the DFW area of Texas and, uh, a little town in Oklahoma called Elk City. Okay. Yeah. Um, Elk City, yeah. that's kind of like uh northern Oklahoma, kind of like center of the state somewhere. Western. Uh um, Western. Like yeah, halfway between the Red River and the start of the panhandle of Oklahoma. Okay. Like dead center, 30 miles from the Texas border. Real how, flat. Like how, how far from Woodward uh is that? It'd be about an hour, hour 15, uh, kind of south, southwest of Woodward. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I don't worry, know, know where you're, you're coming from. I'm, I'm from Walsh, Colorado. So I'm sure you know kind of that. Oh, yeah. World too. So. Yep. I used to, uh, when I would go cowboy up north, I'd come home and visit. I had to drive right through that uh, mm-hmm. part of the world. That's why I was saying I've never done anything but drive through it, but I always sure thought it was pretty neat looking country myself. It's, um, it's a hard country, but it's, it's, I better it's real sure pretty in its, charging. um, it's real pretty in its own way. You know, there's, uh, like we were talking the other day, there, some of the most amazing sunsets in particular, sunrises are pretty good too, but, but yeah. Eastern Colorado, Western Kansas, uh, Oklahoma panhandle, that, that area through there sunsets, uh, that's their business. Like they, th- those prairie prairie skies light the fuck up when the sun goes down. I mean, it is orange and oh. blue and yellow and, and it's just, it's awesome. I, I, I love a good sunset. I'm a, I'm not much of a, of a photographer, but if I, if I see a cool storybook, sunset i'm gonna stop and take a picture of it and uh i don't even do much with them afterwards i'll go send them to my wife but uh, i just i don't know it's a little appreciation yeah yeah you a little appreciation and you know like i've been i've been very fortunate that i grew up in small town america and it it makes no sense when you hear it coming from places like we do but you talk to somebody that grew up in like New York city and they have to leave the city to see the stars, you know, because yep. the, the city, it's a, it's a weekend down. trip. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a weekend trip just to see the stars in the sunset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm um, like that, that city never su- shuts down. Um, you couldn't, even if, uh, even if the lights were turned off, you, unless you're on the top, uh, top floor you're not seeing the the stars and um yeah and and it's just like you kind of take that for granted but like there's nothing better than um either like it it always involves taking a leak just like pissing on a fence either watching (laughs) the stars or or watching a sunset just like that's that's like probably my my 
one of my favorite moments is just like taking a good piss and, and watching, watching God's, God's <laughs> art, you know, it's just like, huh, pretty cool. You know, I, I, uh, I don't know. There's something about oh, that. Yep. It just, you're just like, I don't know. It's like the you first know, time I saw the, the Grand Canyon, you know, like I've seen picture after picture after picture of it. But the first time you look over that rim and you're just like, holy shit. Shit. Holy the shit. Big motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And you're just, yep. I don't know. It just, it's one of those breath, you know, like breathtaking kind of gets uh, thrown around a lot. But that, that kind of is, you're just like, whoa. Whoa. I mean, and I don't know. It was for me the first time I, I flew into to New York City and uh and when they like banked to to come in for the oh, land yeah. and and like right it was at, it was at night too, so the Statue of Liberty is is just lit the fuck up. Lit and, up. You know, oh yeah. As as you as you bank around and you got the Empire State building and everything. And the same way I was like, holy shit, that's there it is. I mean it's actually it actually does exist, you know, it's not just on the TV. Yep. And, uh, Dude, that's so funny because I've actually kind of always said the same thing about the one trip I took to New York City. My uh, my family decided that that year for our, our family vacation, that's what we were going to do is go to New York mm-hmm. City. And of course, mm-hmm. me, I've just spent 12 months in Medicine Bow, Wyoming, a town of 200 people living and working by myself. And I'm like, I'm good. I don't want to go. <laughs> and my dad's like, you, no, no, you, come on, you know, come on. And dude, the exact same thing. I thought the coolest part about New York City was when they take that big bank mm-hmm. and you really get to see the whole city all yeah. in one go. And it's just like, wow, that's fucking cool. <laughs> well, and then also like another deal is just walking down the sidewalk in a busy part of New York city. Like, uh, oh, you know, say man. like times square or something like that. Like it's intimidating. Dude, the square as fuck. is insane. It's, it's intimidating as fuck. But if you, it's, it's just kind of like when, when you get a, like a waspy bunch of cattle, you just gotta like sit and watch and read them <laughs> and then find the flow. And like, if you, if you just like go with the people, you got no problem. But he also realized like why they're so like they're so fucking abrupt with you know like they're I don't think anybody really wants to fight, but they're sure quick to act like they are. You know, but oh, it's man. just like everything just move like everybody's moving so fast. Like, but once you like once you get in the flow with them and like then you're fine. But it's it's fucking wild, man. It was it was fucking different, man, walking down Times Square. Like you said, there is a fucking flow. And if you don't keep up, they will let you know that you're not keeping up. Yeah. Yeah. I get that <laughs> fuck out of here, guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, whoa, I'm, dude, I'm not from here. I was trying to take a picture. No, let you know. And there's a fucking picture, a place to take pictures right over there. Go fucking stand over yeah. there. And you're like, shit, all right, my bad. They're not even mad at you, too. They're actually helping no. you out. <laughs> yeah, they just got places to be and shit to do. <laughs> it's it's like that gnarly old cow boss that just like, there's nothing nice about him, but if you listen, he's telling you good shit, but he just he doesn't come across <laughs> very nice. And that's kind of no. how most, most of those Northeastern people are, too. Uh, they're, uh, that is no joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Oh. I, I was talking with uh, well, uh, talking with that history professor and uh, I was like, it's funny how, how big that disconnect is nowadays because 
you, you tend to think of the cities nowadays as these like these wretched purple faced or purple haired like shrieking <laughs> idiots um that that are fucking everything up but mo- no mostly it's just working guys except then instead of punching cows they they work in a factory or, or some some yep. bullshit like that they're driving a forklift or or construction or whatever but they but they also have to live right next to all the stupid people that they hate and uh, yeah. <laughs> like we we at least get a little bit of room to to move yeah get a little bit of elbow room don't have to don't have to wave to them as i go check my mail yeah no shit yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I bet you there's not many people like if you were driving through new york city waving at every car i mean well your your finger would be busy but i, I bet there ain't gonna, anybody gonna wave back at you oh you might get an occasional one of those that'd be about the closest thing to a wave you got back <laughs> mm, pretty much <laughs> some of the best food you'll ever eat in your life though is there on that in that oh, God man, forsaken, uh metropolitan area but Oh, yeah, man. Little, you, you uh, we went some. to Little Italy. Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> mm. Yeah, and Brooklyn style <laughs> pizza is no joke. Like that, that shit is so good. I I have to I have to agree with you. I have to admit, I was I definitely thought it was just some bullshit. You know, just New York no. bragging about something New York, but they are not, man. That no. fucking Brooklyn style pizza is good. And, and I tell you what, you go to uh, like the good steak houses, those motherfuckers know how to cook a steak too. They uh like they don't grill it for the most part. It's it's usually pan fried and you know in butter and whatnot, but like they know what they're doing with, with a cut of meat. I I do have to say it was never overcooked, and I mean what more can you ask for, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they yeah, they know good beef. Um now Martha's Vineyard's a different deal. You order the seafood there, and you don't, you don't, you don't fuck around with the beef. They don't know how to cook beef. They're they're a seafood, uh, <laughs> they're seafood people. Ah, oh, we didn't go to Martha's Vineyard. I didn't get to. I didn't get to check that out. I we yeah. stayed in the city, city, and whew, yeah, we were there for four days, and that was fucking plenty. I I w- would recommend everybody go visit. I don't want to do much more than visit, but um. Wow. It, there's nothing like it in the world that I've I've encountered yet though. Like that there's it's it's pretty fucking cool. Like I, I get why they're like people from New York City are proud to be from New York City. That's a that's a different place and you gotta like it to, to grow up there. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly like to grow up in like in the in the hood type areas, like man, that had been that had been tough, but I don't oh, know. Yeah. It's um it's funny um some of the most well-known Western figures came out of New York City too. They they were they were trying to get the fuck out. Just I mean, yep. Ram, Ramblin' Jack Elliott saw saw a rodeo at Madison Square Garden in the forties or whatever, and <laughs> ran away from home and just followed the fucking rodeo. <laughs> I forgot about that. That is true. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't hear that name very often anymore. <laughs> No, um, Jerry Jeff Walker, same way. He's uh, he's out of New York. Oh, I know, and all the Texans will get mad at me for it, but he's he's originally from New York. He's uh, he's a Texas mainstay, but yeah, he came he came from New York City originally. So, oh well, hell, everybody's a Texas mainstay for at least a little bit. Yeah, 
especially nowadays. Fucking everybody's moving to Texas. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. I, I will definitely ruffle some feathers with my personal opinion about Texas. So, uh, <laughs> we better not. I would imagine you've got quite a few listeners in Texas. We better not. <laughs> I'll fuck them if they can't take a joke. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cover Texas at some point, but no, uh, I, I don't mind it, but man, there's a lot better. I don't know. It's a great place to visit. Yeah. It's um, I don't mind Texas. I I got I got my biggest, you know, audience is from from Texas, so I can't talk too much shit on. I mean, I well, yes, I can. I talk shit on Texas all the time, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like I'm a Colorado guy. That's where I was born, and I'm pretty partial to Colorado. As, as stupid as it's got, even I'm still pretty partial to it. But man, man I like the- I like Nevada. Nevada is cool. That I will say for your Colorado, though, one of the prettiest valleys I have ever seen in my entire life is Walden. Walden, Colorado. Walden's nice. Um, I, I, I cowboyed there for a little bit. God dang, that North Park is a pretty, pretty valley. Yeah, it. Um, man, that's and that's way up there on the on the Great Divide. That's uh, wait, yeah, that's. That's pretty country. I I really like the Southern Rockies too, like um, you know Trinidad, um, Pagosa, Pagosa yeah, Springs. Pago- yeah, like that yeah. Southwest corner is really pretty. I mean, I love fly passes. fishing over there. I uh, see. I'm I've never been really fly fishing. I grew up out on the plains, so we didn't have any any fly fishing spots. It's that that part of the world is really not meant to be habitated. There's nothing, no. there's no trees, there's no water. Um, <laughs> like the wind honestly, blows every day, <laughs> every day. And, um, yeah. And then they went and ripped up all the grass. And so now the dirt blows every day. It used to be just the wind, but now, but now it's the dirt too. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, but I, <laughs> it, it's funny. Um, I realized like how, how different of a a place on earth that was. Cause I was talking to the, the guy that rides pins with me now and he, and he's cowboyed, you know, buckaroo all, all through, you know, Northern California, all the way out to Elko County. And, oh, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> he, he's worked on some sure enough big outfits. He was on the Spanish ranch for a while and he was on, on the 25 and like <clears throat> been around and yeah, he was talking yeah. about irrigating and stuff. And, and he was, he was trying to tell me this and I was like, man, you, you are talking to the wrong guy. I said, I irrigated for a, a month total when I was up in Montana and I hated every minute of it. And then other than that, I just, I, I worked, I uh, worked in high school, worked for a, a Valley dealership and then worked on sprinklers. Um, but I just, I don't know much about irrigation. And then, uh, then somebody was talking to me about logging. I was like, man, if if we can get a, a tree to grow six foot out on the, out on the plains, that's, that's a, that's a good that's feat. A feat. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's a win. <laughs> like we gotta, the, the trees we do have look like Charlie Brown Christmas trees, you know? It's funny you say that about fucking uh, that flood irrigating shit, too, because everybody I ever met up north, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, any of them, 
oh man i just love irrigating you know it's cool crisp in the morning just do this do that and i'm like fuck flood irrigating (laughs) this sucks i do not enjoy this and they're like oh why you don't it's so much fun i'm like no fuck this if you do it in the morning and it's cold and you're wet or you can do it in the afternoon and you're getting fucking eaten alive by mosquitoes Fuck flood irrigating. I don't want nothing to fucking do with this. Yeah, everybody, uh, everybody around here. I mean, but it, you know, there, there's a river running right through here in the valley. So yeah, it makes sense. And I mean, we had a river eight miles south of the house, but it was the Cimarron, and that part of the Cimarron was was underground. So we had no live water. <laughs> I kept telling people, I was like, we had to drill for every every bit of water out there. Oh and, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Flood irrigating was when you, when you left the horse water uh, on, and <laughs> let yeah. it run overnight. <laughs> you walk outside and go, fuck. <laughs> I know. Had, yeah. I was, I was in the part of Colorado where there's like, everybody's like, did you ski? I was like, no, no, it was <laughs> no. still three hours from the mountains. And, um, yeah, at least. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> didn't fly fish because there wasn't a fucking river around. So, no, um, no. Um, there was a there was a couple ponds here and there, and and they had they had largemouth bass and and catfish and, and carp and shit, but not really. Oh yeah, trout. that's what I grew up doing. Um, being from where I'm at, I I grew up just fishing fucking ponds and shit. And uh, my dad, being my dad, and that not just not being quite cool enough for my dad. You know, he's he had this buddy that was all into fly fishing, so we had to get into fly fishing and. God damn it. Now I have an expensive hobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. All the best hobbies are, are expensive as shit. Yeah, dude, that's, that's the worst part about them. Yeah. So how did you get into, into hunting? I assume your, your family was into it, but I mean that part of the world, I, I guess there's game ranches down there in Texas, but for the most part, it's really just like whitetail over in that part of the world, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So I I grew up hunting with my dad. Yeah, pretty typical Midwest story. Like, oh, this family member had some land, and mm. so we would go do some whitetail hunting, some turkey hunting. I grew up really big into turkey hunting too, um, just because it's pretty much. I mean, other than coyotes, that's the only thing you can call in that part of the world, really. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I grew up whitetail hunting with my dad, my uncle, and my cousin, my uncle's son, um, who's pretty much fucking brother to me. Um, and yeah, that's just what we did every Thanksgiving and Christmas. We'd go sit in tree stands or uh, stands out in the middle of a big wheat field, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a ground blind here and there, and, and we hunted whitetail. Um, but of course, just like you know, my dad never got to go do any of that western big game hunts he wanted to, but we were all fascinated with it, you know, elk, yeah. and deer, and bear, and how are you not? And so, um, when I started cowboy in North, you know, I got to start seeing a lot of those critters and it was always just too big a pain in the ass to get my residency and get tags. And I moved to Arizona and I established my residency and I said, I am fucking Western big game hunting. I got an elk tag in my pocket already. And, Flight up for mule deer tags, um, but uh, and I'm excited about it. But yep, just pretty pretty Midwestern typical story. Grew up 
archery hunting, rifle hunting, white-tailed deer, man. Nice. Nothing nothing too exciting, really. I actually, uh, I'm the last one in my family to not kill like a big deer. I'm still the only one that's never killed like a big 160, 170 plus inch yeah. white tail in my family. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and I hunt crazy. harder than all of them. Yeah. It's the ongoing joke of my family. That's <laughs> how funny. I hunt. Yeah. Hunt harder than anybody and killed the smallest deer. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, we, we were talking on the phone the other day and I've never in my life drawn a tag. I've, I've never drawn a tag. I grew up in Colorado and I put in from 12 till, oh, I think probably 21 is when I quit putting in because I, I just never got drawn ever. Yep. And then I've been, I've, I put in four out of five years here in Nevada and haven't drawn shit. And oh, dude, uh, Nevada's hard. Nevada sucks. Even, to yeah, even for even for resident. It depends though, but like my father in law, a lucky motherfucker. <laughs> that, that fucking guy. He has drawn a California bighorn, a Nelson oh. bighorn, and then another oh, California bighorn. Dude, that's yeah. fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So he drew the California bighorn before I met him when, when my wife was still little girl and and then here uh i think it was four years ago he drew uh, a nelson bighorn that's the desert one and he he got a shot at one and never did uh never did find it and uh and then he then his heart kind of had did some funky stuff with him so he just packed up camp and came home and uh (laughs) and so then so it was kind of kind of a shitty deal. He didn't get a full hunt, but then like two years later, he drew a uh, California bighorn again, and and he went up by uh, by Gerlach and and got one up there. Dude, that's insane! Three fucking sheet tags. Yeah, and he's but he draws every fucking year something, whether it's antelope, something. Mule, yeah, and th- these fuckers out here love antelope, and I don't get it. Uh, yeah. I- Antelope I've is had, not I've bad had, tasting, but I don't get the hunt part of it. I all right, so I've had antelope cooked just like it's supposed to be, and I still think it's okay. You know, it's just like I don't know. We had a we had a bunch of them growing up. That was about the we had we had white tails, we had muleys, mostly white tail, but we had a mm-hmm. fuckload of antelope, and um, and we get a bunch of people coming out of Denver that I I mean just love to hunt antelope and we're like ah fuck kill them all you know they're, they're yeah. a nuisance they're just eating um, fucking grass <laughs> yeah and then these guys out here they love they love antelope and I, I don't get it I, I think it's when it's cooked properly it's still just okay you know I, I've had antelope that was really good and I've had antelope that was okay and the really good antelope we're nowhere near sagebrush. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. That not makes even a big close difference to too. A huge a difference. difference. Yeah. Um, it makes venison too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You get anything that's been in the sage real hard. and It's, it's not going to be very good at all. Um, yeah. The, the only time I've ever hunted big game was in Kansas where like they, 
they're just like that far from paying you to come hunt deer there. I mean, it, oh, it I is saw them <laughs> damn ag fields. They can't get rid of them. Yeah, it's uh well, but also all the CRP field, not all of them, but like a vast majority of the CRP fields are walking and hunting too. And so oh, it's really? ki- it's huh. somewhat like uh like public land. I mean, it's it's still privately owned land, but they there's an option on the on the CRP uh, agreement that you get so much more if you make it a walk-in hunting area. Huh. And, and so that. it must be a state program or something, but uh cuz that Kansas is the only place I've seen it. And um <laughs> So there's, it, so it ends up being a lot like, uh, like Wyoming, you know, along the, the those old railroad routes where, where it's like checkerboard public and po- private land. That's oh, kind of, yeah. that's kind of how Southwest Kansas is, except it's, it's all public or, and all private land for the most part, but there's, you know, uh, walking, hunting, you know, just dotted around. Right. And, um, dude, Arizona, you want to talk about a checkerboarded motherfucker. Um, Arizona can be kind of a bitch that way. And there's a great big section of the Diamond Day and Boquillas ranch mm. that are walking hunting. They, they have a deal going with game and fish and, um, Montana. I think Montana does it too. If I remember correctly, part of the ranch I worked for was enrolled with it. Um, where you, same deal. You just show up, you sign in on the little station, you know, at the road, and then you're fucking, you're in, you're hunting. I, I, uh, I think those are the only two states that I know of right off the top of my head. So, and shoot, you say Wyoming, Kansas. That's not very many of them that do that shit. No, it's, not many. It's neat, though. I like that they do it. I, I wish more ranches and more states would do it. Yeah, I don't know, and the ranchers usually end up not not being for that because they get fucked by. by oh yeah, hunters leaving gates open or cutting uh, fences or fucking. Yeah, you know we we would have been been better off, um, or we had been a lot better prepared for all this uh, insanity that came along with Donald Trump if we would have just. <laughs> No, just like let everybody know that Donald Trump's going to make everybody act like um, hunters on the opening day of of hunting season. Like just (laughs) lost their fucking mind. Dude, they do too. They just fucking lose their minds. Yeah. I mean, they're like, there's no... Like there's just no respect for for property lines whatsoever. It's just like it, it's fucking buck fever, and that's it. Oh yeah, and and that's my my podcast being geared towards cowboy and hunting because that's the two things that I I wish I could do every morning when I wake up. So it's what I made it about. That's a hot topic because I've had cowboys come on and be like, "Man, fuck hunters, fuck hunters. They leave shit open. They cut fences." opening mm-hmm. day they just lose their fucking minds and this that or the other and i did cowboy i cowboyed for um a ranch in montana in unit 380 that's one of mm-hmm. the most premier elk units in the world not just yeah. the states the world i mean i've picked up some big fucking sheds i mean i see yeah. why people yeah. want to hunt it so bad 
<laughs> so I dealt with it, man. I fucking, I can't tell you how many trespassers I rode up on while I was out gathering fucking cows and this out of the other, but uh, you just, it's, you can't let it get to you because that's, there's nothing you can do about it. So that's what I've always said. And, and, but God almighty dude, opening day was fucking the worst. Cause they just lose their fucking minds. They, they saw a big six by six or big seven by seven a month ago while they were scouting. And now he's on our place. So they're just going to fucking help themselves. And, Oh, I, I got oh, a man, a good buddy. You probably, you'd remember him from the, from the podcast, Clint Mandel. He's been on several times, but he, he's that, that's like my best friend in the world. We've, we've known each other since we were in fourth grade. And oh, um, yeah, <laughs> before we, uh, before he moved, uh, his, his family's from the Walsh area. Um, they predated my family by, uh, you know, probably a generation. <laughs> my family came out with, uh, when the Homestead Act was pushed real hard there. And, um, his family came out um, before that with, with cattle. So, um, but his, his dad went off to college and they, they bounced around. They were in uh, Sterling, Colorado, up in the North, uh, Northeast mm-hmm. yeah. part of the state for a while um, when he was, when Clint was young. And so they, they moved back to Walsh when, uh, when his granddad passed and they took over, you know, his dad took over Mandel ranch. <coughs> And they, he was telling me, so he would had been like, I guess we were like 11, 12, I think, I think we were 11 when, when we met. So he had to have been like, you know, like seven, eight, nine years old when this happened, but they, they had some, some hunters, you know, opening weekend or whatever. And this guy came out from Denver with his kid. His kid had a a tag and, and, you know, Northeast Colorado's essentially Nebraska, you know, where like Southwest, Southeast Colorado is essentially Kansas. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just, it's just flat. <laughs> just flat. So hunting, hunting deer out on the plains is a little different deal. Like you don't do much spot and stock. I'm mean, not a no. ton. Like, if, I mean, if you're spotting, you're, you're spotting in a pickup and you're trying to get around them or you're, you're you're hunting from a blind <clears throat> for the most part. Well, these guys were were out, you know, just I guess cruising around, pick up, you know, road hunting, which is I don't know, people can look down on it or what it is, but for for the planes, that's kinda like I said, unless you that's have a spot if you unless you have a spot where you can you can set up a blind or something, or you got a, a big, big track to land, you know, a thousand acres or more. Uh, that's private land. Um, outside of that, you kind of got a road hunt. Um, everything's broke down into quarter sections, half sections at the, you know, you know, a big pastures or big field is thousand acres. That's a big. Uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, you, you, you kind of have to just road hunt. And, um, so I've always said like hunting out there is not really hunting. You're, you're more just harvesting meat because you can, you can shoot them from, 400 yards out pretty easy and uh oh and yeah drive right up to them and, <laughs> and get them out and throw them on the back of the pickup and go like there's no packing packing anything out of anywhere you might have to pack them up out of a crick bed maybe yeah uh it's the same way where i grew up i mean it's a 
there's quite a few like thickets and tree lines and stuff to set up some good ground blinds and stands and stuff. But I mean, you're shooting off wheat field, you know, yeah. just sand deal. I mean, especially if all you, I mean, if you're willing to go shoot a doe, oh God. Yeah. You're, you're harvesting. You're not hunting. Yeah. You go sit for 45 minutes and blast the doe and go home. Yeah. And yeah. Like you said, drive a pickup right to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, these guys, this guy with his kid, and I don't know how old his kid, probably like 12 years old, something like that, first hunt, whatever. And uh, apparently they couldn't find any deer, and he didn't want his kid to go home empty-handed, so he just let him shoot a cow. <laughs> God damn. I, I don't know if they got any, they got any pictures of it. You know, trying to hold this. I hope they pound. did. I know. I'm just trying to pick up <laughs> the head of a 1,300 pound cow. <laughs> I would love to see a 13 year old kid just manhandling the ears of this great big just old a, this, this, old, this old Angus mama cow. <laughs> God dang it. That's fucking. Oh, that's terrible. Um, that is funny. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's wild. So now I I love I love hunting I like I like uh, listening to serious hunters the uh, talk and you know it, it's something I I enjoy talking about I I enjoy doing it like I'd love to do like a sure enough mountain hunt if I'd ever draw a fucking tag you know it's <laughs> it's not it's not my fault that I haven't went yet I've tried I have really tried and I've never drawn a goddamn tag. And um, I've got I've got a a pretty good buddy up in Montana that where I know I could go go hunting something up there, but there's always like, well, I'm putting in for tags here though, so if I if I get a, a hunt here, I'm not going up to Montana, and then someone's like, well, fuck. Then by then oh. by the time I, I don't draw anything here, then then it's too late to to get anything up in Montana, and you're like, fuck. Yep. Should have just went oh. up to Montana in the, in the first place. Uh, it's it's a pain in the ass, and that's why, like i I hunt up a lot of over the counter stuff. Yeah, um, or have been, because um, that way I can kind of plan for both. All right, so I'm gonna put in for this tag, and hopefully I draw that tag because that's what I really want to go hunt. But if I don't, I know for a fact I can go here, get this, you know, bear tag deer tag what elk tag over the counter and go hunt regardless yeah. no no big deal um so that's uh the great thing about arizona is we have over the counter mule deer tags it's archery only but they're over the counter on december for non-residents on december 9th you hop on the computer boom grab one and you're good to go so uh it really doesn't matter if i draw one or not i know yeah. i can go hunt mule deer with my bow this fall Nice. Um, yeah. And then I, I use a website called go hunt a lot for draw odds. So like my elk tag, my elk tag is a super hard hunt. I mean, I, and I, I like to backpack hunt, same deal. You know, you're talking mm. about wanting to go do a sure enough mountain hunt. I've always been the same way. So I got a fucking like 6,500 inch, um, cubic inch backpack you know at fucking tp wood stove like i can pack my whole camp on my back and that's what i'm gonna go do 
on my elk hunt because it's a super hard hunt, but it was a hundred percent draw odds. I knew I was going to get it. Oh shit. You know, um, that's awesome. Just cause, yeah, it's a, it's a elk tag. It's a, any bull elk tag in a unit that touches a premier unit. The terrain is a lot less conducive, but them elk migrate from the Navajo res through the unit that I can hunt to this other unit. So, I mean, you never know. And, and it's a hundred percent, you get it. So that's awesome. But you yeah, got to work for it, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody says you'll do a lot of fucking walking around, uh, trying to find out. But, but that, the thing about that tag is, is, like I said, it touches that premier unit. So it could be a 400 inch elk. I mean, you yeah. just don't know. Yeah. There's some fucking monsters um, down there in Arizona. And me, I've never shot an elk. So, oh dude. Yeah. It, it impresses the shit out of me. I, I, <laughs> my fiance's from Arizona is how we ended up here. I had no idea that you could kill such big shit in Arizona until we moved here. Uh, we moved here and I started looking up like Boone and Crockett records, seven of the world's uh, top 10 archery records uh, are from Arizona. <laughs> no shit. No shit. And five of the world uh, record rifle elk are from Arizona. Huh. I had no, had no fucking idea till I moved here. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, wow. Fuck do yeah. You, do you know Zach Sargent at all? I don't. You, uh, you got a similar story uh, as him. He's, I think he's about your age, but he, uh, he's from Texas somewhere. And I think he's kind of more up by the panhandle where he grew up, but yeah. Um, married a gal from Arizona. Um, he was, I think he was cowboying out there and met her at a bar or something, but yeah, now, now they're working on a, a whole pastel of kids, but anyway, uh, this, yeah, kind of, kind of remind me, he talks about Arizona quite a bit and they're, they're up in Colorado now, but, um, yeah, kind of, kind of a similar little, little bit of a similarity there. Man, Arizona is so different than I thought it was. Um, that not even just hunting wise, just the, the fucking state. Yeah, it's different. I mean, you can go to Flagstaff and, and be in pine trees at seven thousand feet in the air, or you can drop that's two thousand feet. That's what be blew in me away. Yeah, yeah, that blew me away when we went to the the Grand Canyon. I mean, when you get to the rim, you're like damn near ten thousand feet, mm-hmm. and I think some parts that is ten thousand feet, but uh, like. You're like, holy shit, we're way up here. You know, like, and I'm from Colorado, even though I grew up on the plains, I'm no, no stranger to, to high elevation. You know, like, yeah, my, uh, my, my older sister went to flight school out in Rangeley, you know, out on the, the Western slope. So you got to get oh, yeah. over those fuckers to, to get over there. So I'm, I know, I know mountains, but, uh, that, that blew me the fuck away there in Arizona, like how high. Uh, that that country was there on the on the Arizona Strip, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> there in northern Arizona, it's and and you know I spent a little bit of time down in down by Tucson, and I don't know what the elevation is there, but it's not it's not super low. I mean, it's not like sea level or anything like that. No, it's like twenty five hundred. Yeah, feet, I think yeah, it's it's only about a two thousand foot difference between where I live in Phoenix, and you drop. A thousand feet. You don't even get all the way down to Phoenix. You just drop a thousand feet, and it's nothing but fucking saguaro and okatia and 
you know, it, I yeah. mean, it's, it's yeah. fucking desert, desert, desert. And you're like, what the fuck? How does it change so fucking fast? Dude, Nevada is the same way. Like the Nevada the, is Nevada cool. It's amazing how lush these, uh, these little valleys where a river goes through are. And then how quickly it turns into just sagebrush and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's what I always thought was really funny about going to visit fucking Brett, Nevada or uh, in Fallon. We've gone yeah. twice now. And yeah, there's parts of it where it's just fucking saguaros and nothing, nothing at all. And then you're in this lush green grass right along a lake and then fucking sagebrush. <laughs> well, and some major sagebrush. I've never seen sagebrush this fucking big. You know, like Nevada sagebrush is a different beast. It the the only place I've seen close to it was that, that medicine bow country in southern Wyoming where I was. Yeah. That fucking yeah. that sagebrush would get like as tall as you on horseback. Down yeah, down on the river, I should say. Down on the river bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Like you driving across like Elko County though. Holy shit. I mean that's like six foot tall sagebrush. Oh, yeah. It's it's fucking nuts, man. Gnarly. Like, same deal. I never knew sagebrush could get that big. I'm trotting through it and I'm like, these are fucking trees. This is not yeah. brush. Like that that is a fucking tree. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean it's it's <laughs> I can tie a figure to that if I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> um Scott Hall, you know, I know he's talked about it on the podcast before about teaching a horse to rope. He just go rope a sagebrush and pop it out of the ground and and uh, let <laughs> you know, let the sparks fly when once <laughs> Once that tight rope came untight. <laughs> uh, I never, uh, never was brave enough to try that. I had a couple I've, of horses that made me think about it. I've, uh, I've done it before, but it wasn't on anything that I was, that was going to blow up on me either. So, it, <laughs> um, that's, it's, it's funny. And I don't, I don't get to see a ton of it cause I'm, I'm in, in feedlot pins all the time, but, you know, just drive driving across it, and then and just even in this little valley where I live, it it goes from you know just like some of the the coolest hay fields you've ever seen uh, right along the river, and then five, six, seven miles away, it just it turns into it turns into sagebrush real fucking quick, <laughs> and, <Yep>. and just <laughs> and pretty pretty damn barren. You know, it, it kind of you know you. uh you ever watch that that uh that movie um secondhand lions oh yeah yeah you know like they're it reminds you kind of reminds you of like the this heron desert where where there there's like these little oasis just yeah. a couple of <laughs> couple of palm trees out in the middle of the desert and it's not that desolate in nevada but it's not far from it you know it it's wouldn't not it wouldn't take a wouldn't take a whole lot to 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 recreate the Sahara out there, and no. uh, I don't know, but it, that's kind of how they settled it. You know, those started with the the Mormons and well, the, the mountain men, and then the Mormons. You know, they found the water holes, and that's where they that's where they yeah. built civilization. Yeah, the uh, the Basque, right? I think. Mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah. the Basque kind of came in after, though. They they uh, oh, did they? They imported the Basque to. To herd the sheep, so like they 
<laughs> the ranches were already kind of established, but they, uh, yeah, they're, <clears throat> it's funny. There's like different waves of, uh, of sheep herders that come in because, you know, it's Basque out here. And, but nowadays I think a lot of them are like Peruvian. Oh yeah. Yeah. I ran into a couple Peruvians in Wyoming. Yeah. And it's funny how it's, I'm, but it's just same way. Like used to be, it was the black people that migrating from the South that worked in the, the packing plants. And then the Mexicans moved in and then they're like in Kansas there for a while. It was the Vietnamese. And then, mm-hmm. then the Somalians have moved in pretty hard too. And then, you know, and then, um, still a lot of Mexicans, but a lot more into the like Central America, like Honduras and El Salvador and Guatemala and shit like that. Well, when you live down there and put up the shit they put up, Kansas don't look that bad. <laughs> no shit. Like when, when you <laughs> when you're a twenty five year old, uh, you know, you know, Muslim man from Somalia, and all you've seen your entire fucking life is civil war. You know, Minneapolis sounds fucking great. Doesn't it though? You can step out in a, you can step out in Topeka, Kansas, and go. You know, this ain't that bad. Yeah, Garden City is pretty all right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's fucking funny. (laughs) Those those Somalian guys kind of give me the creeps. Just it's not. It has nothing to do with the race. It just. I I mean you They're remember different. you remember Black Hawk Down like yeah those those the guys that are in Garden City Kansas were like three when that happened <laughs> you know so like they <laughs> they witnessed all that shit and I, so like they they kind of freaked me out because I know they don't value life like I do no. um, and oh, like it's not a it's not a knock against them I'm just like I'm I'm acknowledging where they're coming from. Like I'm, I'm a soft little bitch ass American compared to what they they've seen. And you think about it, they might have been three when it happened, but mm-hmm. their parents were fighting age. Yeah, well, and yeah. but they. I mean, they, you never know what their parents were involved in, and well, what they, they grew up in when that, sh- when that shit popped off, and then they had to live with it. They grew up with the aftermath of that shit. Yeah, and and they had to grow up knowing that Papa shot Black Hawk down, you know? like. Well, and it's either shoot Black Hawk down or get decapitated by this fucking warlord over here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What's what's the best option? None of it? Yeah. Go to, go yeah, to mean, America is the best option. Yeah. Meanwhile, we grew up going, God damn, Taco Bell's $3 a taco now? What the right. fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it really puts shit in perspective. You know, like they don't mind me giving them the side eye because I like, like I said, I, 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 don't, I don't think of them as lesser of people. I just know they don't value life like I do because they no. They've lived seen through, it come and they've go. through some shit, and um, yeah. no, no, <laughs> it's 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 fucking interesting the how how the world works. We're we're pretty fucking pretty fucking insulated over here. We can have deep, deep long discussions about the the merits of hunting public land versus private land and all that shit, and they're oh, just yeah. trying not to get shot going to school. Yeah, we get to sit here and talk about fucking going in cowboy in this state and that state and making the fucking choice, you know, yeah. where we 
where we want to be and what we want to do. And they're over there like, God damn, I sure hope I don't get fucking shanked on my way to work today. Or get <laughs> drone bombed at a wedding because my <laughs> uncle's, my yeah. uncle's buddy uh, once talked to Osama bin Laden, you know, yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah. if, if my, the warlord doesn't get you, the uncle Sam might with a fucking Reaper drone, you know? <laughs> yeah. My fucking, my second cousin smuggled some shit for this guy. So now the CIA is going to fucking drone bomb us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It yeah. does. It puts yeah. it into perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you uh, have you talked to that Jake Zilke yet? Um, Lost Cowboy. I have. Uh, I have not. I. I. So I know him. I met him in the fucking. It was a little bar, if I remember correctly, called the Cowboy of all fucking things in Laramie, Wyoming. Oh yeah, I know the um, Cowboy. Oh yeah, and he was in there one night, and I met him, and he'd been to Australia and um, Mongolia at that point. And man, I just thought that was neater than fuck. So I I chatted him up for a while. I don't even know if he'd remember me. To be honest, we were pretty fucked up. <laughs> um, I don't know. It then, seems like he's got a pretty good memory. I've been I've been reading his book. I had him on the other day, and uh, was reading. His I know. Book I need and- to listen to that episode shameless plug here by the way we're uh we're starting back up the 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 burning daylight book club so um the lost cowboy is the book for june so he's jake's gonna come back on at the end of the month i think i think the 30th is on a friday so i gotta check with him and see if that works for the date but we're gonna we're gonna do a a discussion episode and do it like a call in type show with the Patreon subscribers. So if you got a wow. if you got a question you want to ask him live, join patreon.com slash burning daylight and you can and so like when when it happens, I'll just send everybody a link to, to StreamYard and then we can pull them on one at a time and they get to ask their question and whatnot. Give Matt your money is what he's saying. Exactly. And also it's gonna be kind of <laughs> cool. So I uh I, I I decided to do this because I was like, I've had, I think five or six authors on at this point and they were all pretty cool to talk to. So like it'd be kind of, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm big on books. Um, I'm kind of a nerd that way, but I've noticed a lot of cowboys are, are fucking nerdy like that too. They've, they, they're pretty, they seem to be pretty well read. Oh yeah, I I'm, I didn't used to be. I'm getting that way now. Shoot anymore. I I actually spend quite a bit of time reading these days. Yeah, it's it's good to do. And I, I mean, like I I've been listening to a audio book on uh, you know if if I <laughs> it it usually is when I get tired of the news. Um, like I even like even the comedy stuff gets kind of boring. So I just like eh. I'm gonna put on a book. Uh, I don't fuck fuck the rest of the world. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I can't read while I'm riding pins, but I can. I can listen to one. So I'm gonna go read a book. Listen to it on on my my headphones while I'm riding pins. And it it's I I love technology that way. But anyways, I'm big on books, and um and I've had plenty of authors on at this point. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get them back on and do like a a Q and A for one of their books. So like. I think just do one a month and, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, you should, you should try to get Jake on. He's a, he's a good, he's a good podcast guest. He's got, he's, uh, 
he's a really good storyteller. Like he, he comes up off as kind of shy, but he just, I don't know. He, he's good at telling a story. Like he's pretty fun to listen to. Oh, and as many stories as that guy had when I met him five years ago now, God, you'd imagine he's yeah. got to be a good storyteller. He's just got a bunch of them. And, um, I would actually really enjoy getting him on because um, I almost got to meet him again in Alaska. I got hired on to go be a part of this deal. I probably shouldn't name names on the podcast, so I won't, but it was okay. a fucking shit show. Um, it was, it was going to be this deal where I come on and help them start a cow calf operation. But I always, uh, but I also was meant to take and drive, um, a hundred, hundred pairs from Delta Junction to Palmer, Alaska. I was supposed to drive them horseback, be the first person to ever do it, this, that, or the other. And they were going to make it like a dude ranch where people could come stay a week with me and be a part of the drive. Oh. And so they, yeah, they hired Jake and this gal, um, Emmy Sparato, uh, that steady rain gal on TikTok to oh, come okay. do some like, publicity and this out or the other well long story short it was a fucking disaster there was no reason for me to be there and it was impossible he'd have killed every fucking cow and horse in that bog fucking hole of the state so i quit <laughs> before he fucking got there and I, I didn't get to meet him again and i was really bummed out about it yeah i you know i i hadn't heard of him but i like i saw his i started seeing his uh his ads come up on Facebook quite a bit and um and then Tuffy had him on I was like well and he he uh you know he really enjoyed it so I was like I I was I saw the book and I was like I should get that guy on then Tuffy had him and I was like get that guy on so then he's pretty cool I uh I enjoyed visiting with him oh yeah yeah he's a cool guy like I say it's been a while since and I only met him the one time but man he's he was fucking cool when I met him and he had some Pretty motherfucking cool stories. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it kind of makes me jealous that uh, you know, m- makes me wish I was young and single again so I could go take off and do shit like that. It makes you wish you could go ride a caribou across Mongolia. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. not go drink some yeah. mare's milk just for the fuck of it, dude? When he showed me a picture of him on that fucking caribou riding it across the stream, I was like, dude, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. That's that's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, it that was wild. And he said he was like he was right on the heavy end of what the those uh, was like I guess they were were they caribou or reindeer? I think they were I don't know the difference, but either way, um <coughs> He said they would only carry about 160 pounds, and that's about what he weighed at the time. So, yeah, <laughs> wild. And he's not a, a super big guy by any means. So, yeah, I couldn't believe that he was like right on the cusp of not being allowed to even ride him. They, uh, yeah. th- those those freaking Mongolians are, are something else, man. They, you talk about yeah, horses, you talk about it, yeah, and a different breed, yeah. Yeah, they they had to have a capital city because the Soviet Union said like, "Hey, you have to have one." So they built a city and then nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> not a else. damn thing else. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so wild. <laughs> Just it, I'm it's, fucking. 
I don't know what the terrain's like, but I I I, I imagine it about kind of like the Badlands. Um, a little less and, grass. Yeah, a few more but like rocks. Some, yeah, but like ro- rolling rolling country like that, and yep, yeah. But it's uh, it's a whole fucking country like that. Oh yeah, and, and there's not not a fence in sight. Dude, I fucking love watching them videos. Them guys crit horses, you know, they mm-hmm. get them by the neck and just run with them, and then stick a front foot out in front of their front feet and just roll them little tiny oh, horses yeah. in a fucking ball. I'm just like, dude, you motherfuckers are wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's but like he was saying, they're uh, like they don't think of them as anything other than food. Like if they if they can't be rode. They they like they don't yeah. they don't ride a mare at all, and if the mare starts getting skinny, then they eat her, and it just it's all it is. Just they just move along, graze the horses as they go, and yeah, may, and maybe for, maybe trade a few horses here and there for for whatever. But like they don't, yeah, that's just what they do. For anybody that doesn't know, horse is good too. Horse is delicious, like. I get it. I've never had it. I've never, oh, never been on a on an outfit where where it was available. And yeah, just, I've never had it. I've heard it was all right though. I've heard it's also I, tougher than shit, depending on who you talk to. You know, and um, I had it as like chicken fried steak, and that mm-hmm. was that was tough, like a chicken fried steak could should be, but I also had it like as ground, like ground meat. And no, uh-huh. it, it's better than ground beef. If you ask me, huh? It was, uh, if you like wild game meat, you'll rear like horse. It's okay. Huh. It's good. It's good well, stuff. I might have one that I, that, that needs to be put in the freezer. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> see how she acts. <laughs> hey, if she comes up crippled. There you go. There you go. Better than going to waste. <laughs> that that would never happen. My my wife is a it's a crazy horse lady, so it it never fucking happened. <laughs> I got lucky, and uh, my fiance thought it was really good too. So she's she's pretty much made it well known. Hey, if uh, if any of your outside horses you know die on you and the people don't want them back, like oh okay, nice. Yeah, I, I had a farrier yeah. back in uh, Kansas. He was from. He's uh, over on the Colorado side, kind of, kind of up by that Eads area. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he he come over to Syracuse. He was our shoer there for a little while, and uh, his dad once. Uh, his dad's a really good cook, but his dad will also cook anything at all. <laughs> and uh, there's a there's a story, and it's a true story. I've, I've had it confirmed by several different people. Um, unrelated. But he he got hired to cater this wedding, and he pulls up with his smoker, and uh, you know, part you know, wedding goes off without a hitch. Reception's in full <laughs> full swing, and he's just serving up meat left and right, and everybody's just can't get enough of it. <laughs> it turns out he had a couple hundred prairie dogs that he just skinned and. <laughs> And smoked oh, up on the barbecue. Oh no! <laughs> oh, that's yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I can't say I've ever tried fucking prairie dog. I, I haven't it. either, but that's I, awesome. I, I heard I heard that story from multiple different people, and they all swore it was true, confirmed. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. But it, anyway, his kid, uh, he was several several years old, several years older than me. Um, but his, his boy uh, shot horses for us there at Syracuse for a while, and. <laughs> And he was bitching about his wife one day. Uh, he was shooting shooting horses and bitching. His wife was was complaining about how uh, expensive beef was uh, was getting. And he's like, "Well, little does the bitch know." And she's like, "I ain't gonna eat horse again." And he's like, "Little does the bitch know she already is." Why the hell would I go buy beef when a fat donkey's only hundred and fifty bucks? <laughs> oh, oh, that's pretty diabolical. Uh, hey, you yeah. know, but the but the man's got a point. I have to admit. Fucking ain't beef. I'm trying to uh trade out day work for the ranch. I go day work for a bunch for a half beef just because it's so fucking expensive. I'd rather go do a couple days worth of work for it. Yeah. Instead of have to fork the cash over. Fucking A. <laughs> I don't know. Everything's fucking expensive nowadays. Uh, ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. What are you going to do? Is. I've, I've started buying Keystone again. I mean, hot dang. I know. Nothing, like, Nothing I'm against about, Keystone, but I'm gonna have to go back to beer. It's cheaper than seltzers. The white claws are getting expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet with the wife in the house, I, you'd probably always have at least a few of them around. Well, they're it's not it's not dire straits yet by any means, but it has it is noticeable that I get that it's 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 bitch worthy. I guess you know. <laughs> it, it is bitch worthy. I, I I can't complain a whole lot because we do well enough where it doesn't it doesn't affect us too much. But also, but you notice you notice that shit when go, oh yeah holy shit this was like five dollars cheaper last year. Yep, I, I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm doing good enough that it's it's not that big of a deal. But it's also like god damn. I mean shit. I, 18 pack course light used to be 18 bucks. What the I fuck? I know. I, I could have bought a couple other pair of jeans by now, which I, yeah. you know, I, I kind of got to make the jeans last a little bit longer too. Oh yeah. I mean, God, uh, I wear 501s and Levi's used to be again, same deal. It's not that big of a deal, but they used to be 49 90 now. And now they're 59 99. Yep. Like, I know. It's damn stupid. it. That's the most expensive profession to to be involved in is cowboying and i don't i don't get it but we'll uh let's talk about that on the flip side we'll uh we'll end that for the the main episode because i got to take a leak but um <laughs> go follow uh for all my listeners and we're going to put this on his his feed as well but go follow the punchy hunter um i think i've, I've got it pulled up right now i can put it put it on the screen you know oh Dude. you bet that's neat as shit um there we go um yeah so go follow him on on spotify wherever wherever you go to to listen to your your podcast but punchy hunter where do they follow you on social media um i don't I actually don't have anything but facebook and tiktok so um 
you can follow me on TikTok. I can't remember what my username is, but you should be able to search Justin Stafford, find it. Um, Facebook, that's my personal, it's just my name. Um, I do have a Facebook group for the Punching Hunter, so you're more than welcome to go join that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for social media these days. Cool. Keeping it, all right. keeping it light. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, on that note, um, we're gonna we're gonna come back for for a more detailed discussion on whatever we come up with for the for the Patreon episode. But on um, uh, go follow his stuff, go check out his podcast, and uh, move your ass. We're burning daylight. Bikers rolling through the back door Red hands using the side And there's a cowboy at the drive-up window Case of Coors Life Now every Friday night There's a card game right Where the stakes get so damn high But if you keep your clothes You game of pull You just might Make it out alive Oh no, these times are tough We're all bellied up Swapping tails of the long gone bones Drinking and dreaming Talking about dues and dues But if that sun comes up on That old sagebrush I'll be headed north real soon Fox Karen, could you please turn it up real loud while I sitting on a conversation beneath the western cloud? And when the light shines in, that's when we begin to get down, feeling right. Now come tomorrow, and I'll be working towards the night. Take a beating, baby We'll step on our back We'll have us a safe meeting And half of a heart attack Here's to these ups and downs Where these sorrows drown This old smoke-filled bar Well, I'm heading for the promised land And I'm gonna drive my car Oh no, these times are tough We're all bellied up Swapping tales of the long gone boom Drinking and dreaming
shall be headed north high noon Cause down here we're all just family at the office saloon Down here we're all just family at the office saloon